Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, today we're talking about the 1984 post-apocalyptic horror film, Rat's Night of Terror. Before we get started on this though, I do want to mention, in case you're following us on Facebook and Instagram, you saw that we did launch the Celluloid Dumpster Fire store, and we've been adding new products to it. We've got t-shirts and hoodies, coffee cups, hats, stainless steel water bottles all for sale there. So, uh, go ahead and get your CDF pod merch. Some of the first orders have already shipped. So by the time this episode drops, some of you may have received your stuff already. Show us what you got. Take a picture, put it on Facebook or Instagram, tag us at CDF pod. We'd love to see, love to see what you got. They make perfect gifts, stocking stuffers, all that. You're, are you are you are you putting out hints there, Jesse? I'm just saying, man. They, you know, if you're gonna look good wearing one of these shirts, you, you know, your buddy might as well look good wearing one of these shirts. You know, get a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, when we started this podcast, we started with the intention of donating money to films that turn out the people that we love to talk about here. So, you know, a portion of the proceeds will go to paying the bills of running a podcast, which it honestly is not that much, which means all the rest of the profits will end up going to film schools. So do some good and buy a shirt. That needs to be a t-shirt, I think. I'll get right on it. Get that coffee mug. You know, you're going to drink coffee and get your friends that stuff too. Cause I'm like, probably going to get that coffee mug for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, no. uh, hang out and build a community. So like we can do bigger stuff in the future, you know, because I really want to hang out with you guys. If we get this a big enough community, you know, maybe we'll have like a field day with it, you know, just buy the shirts. Turn and we friend. do, we've got stuff for everybody. That's one thing that we insisted on when we set this up. We had to have inclusive sizing. So yes. we have everything available from small to 5X. Some of the colors aren't available in all the sizes, but every item is available from small to 5X. So everybody can get some except for the coffee mugs they come in one size i wish they were a little bigger i like it a lot no of the coffee cups come in two sizes there's a 10 oh, ounce cup and a 15 ounce cup get you a 15 ounce cup and a hoodie and i'll see whenever so back to this film this is a truly stern movie oh yeah and and not just as a horror film there's some very cringe worthy moments in there uh, some stuff that the director thought was interesting cinema that turned <laughs> out to be incredibly insensitive script writing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb. Okay, so I thought this was a 70s movie, and it's not, okay? It, 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 it is an 80s movie. I was trying to, like, get us out of the 80s, and like I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's an old one. No, it's just Italian movies in the 80s look like the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, and then two, especially uh, uh, like these kind of caliber of Italian, they suffer a lot of the uh, Tony Cook syndrome. So you have like, you know, four or five writers or three directors, you know, uh, you know, so it, it is kind of like a hodgepodge 
stew. And yeah, it is crap. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, it's kind of a good crap. Like, I don't know. I love, and especially in these like uh, Italian horror movies and the trashier, the better or sci-fi movies, whatever. The way they, okay, so they film them in English for an American audience because that's where they think they're going to get their money. And so like everybody's speaking English and the way that they pronounce words, uh, the, uh, what's the word? Their like accents. the accents. Yeah, well, not even the accent. They don't put the right inflictions on the on the certain parts of the word. Right. That right. So you get these really weird. It's like Resident Evil dialogue options or something. It's like every- yeah, there there are portions because we even have an American actor in this movie, and the dubbed dialogue doesn't with her either. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, it looks like they're trying to speak English. But, you know, these Italian and French actors, obviously, you know, English is not their first language. For some of them, it's not their second language either. It's um, like their fifth. It's like way down the top. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so they do the best they can. with. But you're right. This does play a lot like a 70s spaghetti Western because, yeah. well, made by folks who came from that that school of filmmaking. Um, yes, in I fact, big portions of this movie are filmed on rundown sets from the Sergio Leone film, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, I'm glad. You, yeah, that, yeah, not a lot of people know about that movie. Uh, or not a lot of people know about this, but yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Little tidbit. Right. Movie was directed by Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fragasso. I know I bang- mangled those names, but it's okay that they... Yeah. Actually, a bunch of stuff too. Oh, yeah. No, you got them right. You got them right. Okay. And it's got a freshness rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 30%. And that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Uh, Accurate, uh, but fair. You know, harsh, but fair. Yeah. I think this movie would have been way better if Claudio wasn't involved. That guy's responsible for Troll 2 and a bunch of other crimes against humanity. Bruno Mattei, I like he, he. I mean, he's got a style, but he does his. You know, he he knows what he's doing. Claudio Scazzo, yeah, he he doesn't know anything. Uh, I mean, he's probably gonna punch me out if he ever finds me. Good luck with that. So yeah, as I said, directed by Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fragasi, who collaborated as co-producer on this movie as well as a bunch of other low-budget, low-production value films. Yeah, I've seen like half. Maybe seventy five percent of that. I've seen a they, lot of a lot of crap. Yeah. They directed a lot of low budget exploitation films and porn during the seventies. Bruno Mattei migrated to horror, mainly zombies and oh, yeah. fantasy in the eighties. And then by the mid nineties had made his way back to porn. Well, you know, you I mean you go light- where the money is. Yeah, you gotta keep the lights on. He's got experience, so he put that on a resume or something. Yeah. Plus he made those zombie movies, and those are awesome. Now, the two of them, uh, Bruno and Claudio, teamed up to write this one, too. Yeah. Um, a... Bruno wrote the story, and well, he's credited with writing the story. Claudio is credited with writing the screenplay. That's Yeah, that's, that's where they went wrong with this whole thing. <laughs> this would have been a way better movie if that never happened. Just write a screenplay. And, and yeah, Claudio took it, and he's like, he's like, I know all the words. <laughs> you tell me nothing you're like all right claudio yeah 
Special effects by Mauricio Trani, better known as a makeup artist in Zombie, Piranha 2, The Spawning, and 2019, The Fall of New York, Troll 2, and Deadly yep. Impact. Seems like these guys were kind of a core group that went from bad movie to bad movie. Yeah, like in uh, like in America, we had like that whole, you know, San, uh, San Francisco, San Diego crowd, where like they kind of had that 70s renaissance where it was like, Right. You know, like Spielberg and stuff, and those guys got huge. This is like F of that. These are those guys. This is like the guys. <laughs> so you just put all the, the weirdos in one like group, and they all work together on everybody's you know project. So the movie stars Taviano <laughs> Del Aqua. Movie stars Taviano Del Aqua as Kurt. He was very, very productive as a stuntman, not so much as an actor. Very little acting credit, but he's worked on four to six movies as a stuntman every single year. Also, he looked uh, like a wholesale brand version of Clint Eastwood. So this guy appears in Red Sonja, John Wick Chapter 2, and American Assassin. Next, we have Goretta Goretta as Chocolate. This is one of those cringe-worthy moments in the movie. Have to name the only black person on screen, Chocolate. Yeah, that didn't age well at all. We can but, say it didn't age well, but it was cringe-worthy in 1984. Yeah, I love that actress. She's probably my favorite whole movie. Uh, she was in, uh, what is that, Demons, which is like another Bruno Mattei movie. She was. She was also yeah. in Terminator 2 and Smithereens. Her Instagram bio, I absolutely love it, describes her as actor, writer, director, and that black chick in all them Italian horror films, yo. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she's awesome. I like her. Yeah. I read that during the filming of this, she had gone to Italy and could not speak Italian at all. This was one of the first films she made in Italy. So she was using a pocket dictionary to translate the script. Yeah. Also, like, her screams in this movie, I don't know. Like, you could still use them in horror movies today. They still work. She's yeah. like a real scream queen. One of the lesser known ones. But yeah, she's definitely in, in like the top 10. We also have Massimo Vanni as Taurus. This is our Chuck Norris uh, knockoff. Oh, yeah. Appears in 1990, The Bronx Warriors, Zombie 3, and Robo War. Those are all great films. <laughs> I'm using, I'm being like, you know, sarcastic, but yeah, I've seen them all. They're, they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, it sounds like some of these movies will have a spot in our podcast. Oh, yeah. I also have Johnny Franco as video, another of my favorite characters in this movie. One of the only between this guy and Chocolate, I think they're the only truly likable characters in the entire film. Yeah. The, the two characters with the weirdest name. Yeah ones that like yeah kind of make it throughout the movie they they're the ones you're rooting for and but at the same time they come off kind of naive and stuff at the beginning of the movie right he's got a lot of italian tv on his his resume as far as movies appeared in atlantis interceptors i do believe he has the best line in the if you had to pick one line he's got the best one and i he's think you know what i'm talking about yeah he's got like every line he says yeah yeah, he, he does have the best lines, but he has the most quotable line in the movie as well. So this movie starts out like way too many post-apocalyptic films. It sounds like I'm running this movie down, but and, and yeah, I kind of am. I'm not trying to. There are some things that frustrate me about this movie. 
but there are some real gems in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's in, like in spite of all of its flaws, there are definitely redeeming quality. They knew that the movie was going to suck somehow, so they kind of embraced the suck and because yes. of it, they got all these like little gems, like these little scenes where it makes it kind of worth it to sludge through some cheesy yes. in horror movie. Yeah. And and I think they all realized that early on when Bruno Mattei insisted on such blatant overacting. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Well, also, that's probably something I have with Claudio. Yeah. Like, I, he doesn't he doesn't get like nuances and shit. So it's like everything's like literal, you know? And so like because right. in Bruno Mattei, other movies, not like that. But yeah, this is like really weird, almost avant garde acting. And it yes. kind of gets weird. That with the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is awesome. But yes. that overacting with the soundtrack makes it kind of feel like a dream or like some kind of like kid telling a fairy tale about like, you know, horror movie. It's, it's pretty much a zombie movie with rats told by a kid. But like too many post-apocalyptic movies, this one not only opens with a crawl, but it has a narrator to read the crawl to you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> And and this is this is why I hate the long crawl at the beginning of a movie. If you're going to make a which is a story on a screen, put your damn story on the screen. Don't make me read it. It's also the reason why I don't like seeing two characters in a movie sitting on a couch while one tells the other one a long story about something that happened. Make that put that part in the movie. Yeah, put the exposition in the movie. I know what you're saying. It's like a long crawl with some stock footage. Show what happened. Yeah, because like in the first Mad Max movie, that they just added up a bunch of news stories to make it look. Then you get that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially a crawl too. But you're putting something on the move on the screen to tell me the story, and I can I can get into that. Yeah. It's like I can start buying into it because you're making your world real. If you want me to read a wall of text, that's not a world that I can is real. Yeah, I mean, you you got a narrator with the text for Put some yeah. visuals. So apparently nuclear war destroyed the world in 2015. The survivors fled underground to be protected from the radiation. And 100 years later, some of the people left the tunnels to live on the surface again. And this story takes place 125 years after the two groups split. Yeah. And we get shots of a desert landscape and a pair of iguanas. There's a shot of a skeleton in a burned out old truck. And then back to the iguanas, which for a second made me wonder if the people on the surface had mutated into lizard people. That's kind of like that Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah. Those are nice iguanas, too. Like, I, I know, like, you know, it's like something's like, let's get some lizard, you know, some kind of reptilian thing out there. I don't know. I got the friend that's got a couple fat iguanas. And that's what it is. And yeah, like, they're trying to they're so trying to just make a desert scene and and of course in the desert there are iguanas. Yeah, but these are like home iguanas. They're like some dudes that like they just overfeed and stuff. So they're like, you know, I'll put it in the camera, it'll look great. Let's go right. With it. But then we do see a gang of the primitive surface dwellers. The the crawl explains that the folks who stayed underground were very sophisticated and had lots of technology and, and a sophisticated society. The people who lived on the surface were very primitive, and they hated each other for some reason. It's basically Polo. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'm sorry about 
like picking another Fallout type like movie. <laughs> we do that yeah. a lot. Well, first of all, Fallout is awesome. And I love the movies that harken back to that. Uh, I mean, I love any post-apocalyptic movie anyway. And as we said before, the post-apocalyptic genre is so well-defined that there are certain parameters that have to stay with you in order to make a successful post-apocalyptic movie. It makes the movie a little bit predictable, but it's predictable in a way that I love anyway. Not a big deal. You could say that about all genres, like Western superhero. Right. It's like you got to have, you got a checklist. It's like, all right, weird clothes, which this movie has plenty of. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my uh, God. Weird the costumes in this movie are amazing. Yeah, I love them. It, it's like, I don't know, some paramilitary Boy Scout troop or something. I don't know what's going on. And a on. vampire chick. Oh, yeah, and the vampire chick. Got to have the vampire chick. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like paramilitary Boy Scouts, but like, yeah, some uh, vampire chick picked them out of like a high school wardrobe from like, a, I don't know, a drama club or something. It's it's spot on. It's pretty good. Well, they ride out of the desert and into a city that looks abandoned. They appear to be on alert as they enter this city. Now, it's pretty clear they're on a soundstage here. They've got yeah. limited space to work with. One square block. That's all you get. There's like, right. they're driving the trucks and the bikes. They're driving through, like, I don't know, it looks like a quarry or something. And all of a sudden, they're like, into this, like, city. It looks like war torn Italy or France or something. Right. Yeah. They have one square block to work with. Right. The, the, by the time they got to, got around to making this movie. And like I said earlier, this is disused sets from Once Upon a Time in America. This is uh, was made to be a New York City street, but the sets had long since fallen into disrepair. And so they looked exactly like what they needed. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, like, right. but this scene, they're all sitting on these motorcycles. They've made a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. Coming into town. There's a bunch of them out in the middle of the street. But don't worry, they're going to try to get sneaky here in a minute. Super sneaky. Kurt makes a signal and one of the one of the people rides a motorcycle out of the back of a truck and does a quick U-turn in the intersection to make sure everything's safe. Man, now, what's this that? intersection's like 20 in front of the rest of them. Yeah. That guy's a badass, though. Yeah. That was Taurus on, on the I've, motorcycle there. I've seen him in so many Kurt gets off his motorcycle and Diana hands him a gun that looks like a little tiny missile launcher. It's such a sweet gun. I wanted to see this gun fired. It's never fired in entire movie. Yeah, no guns were used during the filming of this movie. <laughs> well, he gives a signal that they're staying here and everybody starts celebrating and then they all get super sneaky and quiet down and they all walk backwards toward the door of the building. Well, yeah, you gotta like, Luke sneaky and the camera's facing the door, but your it, back's camera. It, it's like a discarded scene from Cats. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, nah, a lot of scenes from this movie is like that. <laughs> Kurt kicks the door open and they walk in, and it looks like some kind of abandoned bar or restaurant or something. Yeah, it's like uh, like some kind of uh, I don't know, like nineteen twenties bar in New York. Yeah, it's yeah, like, uh, last light fixtures and stuff and all that. Uh, dimly lit, smoky, dusty as hell. Right. 
Well, video runs and jumps behind the bar to make sure everything's clear. No, no better way to find out if there is danger hiding behind the bar than to put your body behind the bar. Yeah. Run into danger. See what's yeah. up. You got it, boss. I'm on it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> As they proceed through the room, video finds a freezer of some sort, like an ice cream freezer or a drink cooler or something. And it's just filled with rats. Well, Video's got a list of his mom's rat recipes that he can't wait to try out. But Kurt says he never serves mice at his table. <laughs> yeah, Video, he's trying to make all these jokes and like, trying to lighten the, the mood. Right. And it's, it's dumb jokes, man. They're like worse than dad jokes. And then, yeah, Kurt comes up that like never serve rats at the table. You know, he's yeah. it's not funny, like actual funny, but it's well, he's 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 video's straight man, you know. He's you know, video is definitely the class clown. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know Charles in charge. You know, you got Scott Bayo, who's like the cool guy, and then you got like Willie Ames, who's like the fucking, and he's got the same haircut as Willie Ames too. Video, he's got like a like a blonde fro, right? Yeah, saying he's goofy as hell, so it's kind of like the same energy. But like, yeah, Kurt's like too cool for video's stupid shit. Well, from here, they enter a room with beds lining the walls, and we hear spooky organ music playing, so you know something scary is about to happen. I love that organ music. That's the best. <laughs> like, it's, some, it's some Boris Karloff monster movie organ music. But like, like really heavy 80s reverb or something on it. Yeah. I don't know. It's creepy as hell. That, that, like, if you want to make a horror game, just sample that and loop it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there's a stack of crates in the center of the room. They open the crates and find food inside, which they immediately start dumping on themselves. Another it's sugar. It's sugar. <laughs> Another super cringe moment. Oh man. As Kurt dumps flour over Chocolate's head, causing her to exclaim, I'm as white as all of you, and start doing a goofy dance. That dance yeah and it's like uh yeah oh my god yeah take a shot when you're watching this at this point because you know it'll lessen the pain and stuff but like yeah it's it's awkward as hell yeah painfully awkward there are a couple more super insensitive scenes and, and it's not like people didn't know that that was offensive or exploitative they knew they put it in there anyway at the same time, like it's an exploitation movie, so it's like it's an it's it's low hanging fruit and stuff, right? We'll just do this because this is what's funny, or this is what they the lowest common denominator will find funny. So that's a joke for them. It's, it's like yeah. it's a bit tasteless, but you know, it's I don't know. I can't like I can't I can't like you know, hey, speak up for this and stuff. I'm just say it's wrong. Yeah, there's not use for it, but yeah, that happened. Hey, you know what? That chick's a badass chick. She put a face on. She did her job and stuff. Exactly. That's part of the movie. Her and video saved them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the girls falls onto the bed while they're dancing around, throwing this food around. And she notices something moving under the covers. She pulls the blanket back to reveal rats eating a corpse. And yeah. cue the scream queen. Hold on a second. We don't want to go back to the scene, right? Okay. There's part where they're bringing out food and it looks like rice and brown sugar and stuff isn't it and then yeah. all of a sudden and this is how you tell us in italian movie one guy brings up a big mason jar filled with nothing but pre-cooked spaghetti with sauce yes and just starts digging his fingers into it just digging in yeah 
And then, uh, yeah, it was a one- chunky sauce too. No, yeah, no, it's not. It's no pussy sauce. This is like some nice mama made thick sauce, right? And he starts it, and then they pour the sugar on the chick, and she starts dancing. And then uh, the chick in the purple shirt and the leather vet, uh, jacket—I can't remember what her name is—but she's a one. That's ass. Diana. Diana. Okay. Yeah, she's a pain in the ass the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She finds the dead corpse and she immediately starts screaming, which is her character trait in the screaming chick. Well, I'm I'm not sure that was Diana that found the corpse. Right. It might have been there. There's two. There's Lilith, which I think is the vampire chick. No, yeah, that's Lilith. Yeah, she's the and, one and then the one with the really long blonde ponytail is Myrna, who, oh, my God, she okay, will scream. Myrna. She will scream because somebody said hello. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's Myrna. She's like a black leather uh, jacket with a purple shirt. Yeah. yeah. And she screams at everything. Yeah. OK. Myrna, everything. Yeah. She's going to find the, the, the dead body. Yeah. And if there's ever a person that you wanted to die first, Myrna is probably it. Oh, yeah. No, I voted her off the island a long time ago. Yeah. You're not going to get it, but you're going to want her to die. Yeah. Well, Kurt quiets him down and reminds him that this isn't the first dead body they've seen. And then he goes into CSI mode to explain that the person in the bed was murdered in a fight for the supplies in the room. Diana points out that there's no sign of that happening. So Kurt explains that how they died doesn't matter. And we need to explore this place. But still, they've seen dead bodies. It's the post-apocalypse. And there's right. one chick, you know, she, she's a spider and she goes apeshit. She's just a big scaredy cat. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, that's her defining character trait. Well, back at the bar, Video reinvents Shuffleboard by using a beer mug to take out a rat that's sitting on the bar. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Kurt opens up the freezer they saw earlier, but all the rats are gone now. Over in a corner, Taurus is chasing away rats with a broom. I like how you say chasing away. He's shooting them like hockey pucks. I don't know if he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's totally like popping them like with a broom, like a long broom, and just sending it across the bar. They're right. Ex- like you hear well, one whip. of them runs under a stack of chairs, and Taurus and Duke are trying to get him out of there. Duke grabs the rat, but it bites his hand, then launches itself at his face. Oh, yeah. Well, she deserves that. I don't like Duke. I don't like Duke either, and we're going to like him even less as the movie goes on. But yeah, he, he goes in to grab the rat. The rat starts squiggling and stuff. It bites his hand. He's like, oh, my crap, my hand. And he like looks at it, and before he can react, the, the rat is like attached itself to his neck, and he's scrambling around the bar and stuff, cussing. Right. He does it around like football and then brings out like i don't know like pirate a, a shotgun he brings a shot- out a shotgun and shoots the rat no it's like a sawed sawed off shotgun and he just yeah. like points point blank and just blams the rat and then yeah everybody upstairs come running downstairs they come running downstairs and then ask the obvious cl- question did you fire your weapon yeah oh man did you fire? Everybody talks like oblivion. <laughs> Are you going well, we, to the fire? Well, we cut to another group of this crew sneaking down the stairs, Scooby-Doo style. Yeah. They're all Love pressed it. up against the wall. They exit the stairs into a room and they find a body in a swivel chair. They turn their chair around. 
to reveal a person who has been eaten by the rats. Then we cut to a shot of dozens of rats swarming outside on the street. I love that shot where like they get the, the chair and they turn it, you know? And yeah. That, it's just a bloated corpse with got like little nibbles all over it. Like it's been, all been over eaten. It. Just on. his whole face eaten off. Just a little nibbles all over yep. the place. And there's some bizarre music that they use to represent the sound of the rats. You don't hear rats squeaking and scuttling in their claws or anything like that. Instead, you you hear something that sounds like, oh, really bad radio static or something. It, yeah, it's like someone's like, and I, I hate to say this, I don't want to be crass or anything, but it sounds like someone pumping a thermon, like like a synthesizer. <laughs> it, it's like weird. Bad. And like every once in a while, you get like a, you know, like, in a, yeah, yeah, like, dude, what the hell are you doing? That's not a soundtrack. But you know what? I guess it is because it makes me feel uneasy. You know, I'm uncomfortable listening to that. So, hey, right. that's the threat. Yeah. It's like in Jaws, you know, when you hear that dun dun, you're like, All right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Well, in another part of the of this building, video is using a blanket and a flashlight to scare Chocolate and Myrna. Yeah. Um, Chocolate's not impressed, and she just tells Video if he does it again, she's going to shoot him. I really like Chocolate. I do too, man. <laughs> Kurt and Diana are searching in a bedroom. Diana finds a hat, and she's modeling it when, the, when another dead body falls out of the wardrobe on top of her, which... I could have bought, except that this dead body reached up his hand to drape it over his shoulder on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> That's a total like Resident Evil moment, too, where it's like they, you just open a door and it's like, you know, a dead body falls out or someone throws a cat at you. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the uh, video with that sheet. You get like a thing where like there's two people and they're looking at the camera and there's no there's nothing in the background. And all of a sudden video pops up with a flashlight you know the ooh right. on the on thing you know he's behind them and boo you know it's like ah that's well as they explore further they find a room with some electronics equipment in it and for some reason we cut to another duo exploring when the flashlight dies i think it's noah and lila they're up on a like on a balcony of some kind and the flashlight yeah, dies that whole that, yeah the whole the, the line that he says when the flashlight dies Funny. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's like 225 years since the last battery was made, and he's surprised that his flashlight died. Yeah. Um, as, there you go, Claudio. That's your uh, brilliant. Nice. I love your screen. <laughs> <laughs> then back to this uh, control room where most of the crew have gathered by now. Video explains that this is a video game, and he'll show them how it works. He knows how video games work because that's how he got his huh. name. That's how I got my name, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is stupid as hell. All right, but I love it. Because <laughs> it reminds um, me of that war games, you know? It, yeah. Because it's, yeah, like, us, you know, I don't, I've watched a lot of movies, so I automatically know, like, this is, like, some kind of military or, I don't know, some kind of missile command center or some shit like right. that, like, for information purposes and stuff. Because that's what they make them look like, you know? Exactly. And, and he thinks it's a video game. He thinks he's about to play Missile Command or something. <laughs> but it's like a chair with a console and a bunch of lights and stuff. Yep. Well, Chocolate says that if he's able to make this thing work, she'll make him pregnant. Yeah. I don't think she knows how that works, man. <laughs> Either 
either it, it, it works differently in the future because of I don't know radiation or something, but yeah, that's that you I, mean, I know what she means, but it was like does, does she know what she means? Yeah, I think they uh I think that was a little lost in translation. Thanks, Videos, Claudia. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Claudia. Video starts flipping switches and then turns the computer on and lights up the entire place, basically powered up the most of the building that they're in. Yeah. We see lights come on in what appears to be a greenhouse and a water purifier powers up. No, wait, wait. They they turn the computer on and then he kind of hits something because he's mad because it's not a video game. Not and yet. The computer, yeah, the computer shit goes weird, right? It starts like it just spits right. out a bunch of monsters. And then that creepy vampire chick comes up and she says something like awkward. Yeah. We found something downstairs. Like the way she says it. So we found weird. something strange and wonderful. Yeah. And then she moans. <laughs> she does like, this weird moan. And then like it, it kind of like fades to the like downstairs where they right. have to grow. But yeah, well, it, her delivery is fucking weird. It is very weird. Well, Lilith wants to know why the plants aren't growing outside, and Noah just says it would take too long to explain. <laughs> that's that's typical. I, I don't know, but I don't want to say that I don't know. Well, see, now we got me and stuff, and just say science, you know. Yes. And they had you know, like, aliens. Now, yeah. A video can't figure out the video game, and that's when Deus explains that it's a computer. So video delivers what I personally believe is the best line in the movie. Stupid oh. machine needs a kick in the ball. <laughs> yeah, okay. Then Actually, he kicks the 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 computer and the screen starts scrolling a bunch of code. That's okay. That's when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, just a lot of backtracking. It's like weird editing. It's like they're in the thing and then she comes to the door and is like, hey, come check out downstairs. And then they go back to the computer. And it's very clumsy. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's the equivalent of uh, have you tried turning it off yet? Right. Just kick the machine in the balls. At a VCR, that's the only way you can get to work. Yeah. Back outside the building, they are burning corpses in the street. Like you do. Which Kurt lights with a flamethrower. Didn't realize they had a flamethrower. That's kind of cool. They didn't. They got it in the research thing. They found it. Okay. All right. Uh, they, it's still it's still cool to have. Oh no, yeah. Uh yeah, I've seen what's upon time in Hollywood. I know how valuable a flamethrower is. I don't care what planet you're on, you need a flamethrower, you know, for varmints or whatnot. You know, exactly. Get... Later that night, video wants chocolate to make good on her bet. But, uh, she uh, puts him off. Of she course. gives him a little kiss and tells he's not in the mood, but this is a down payment. Down payment. This isn't layaway, all right? Or maybe it is. <laughs> Outside, the rats are swarming in the street. There's more of them than ever before. Inside, nobody can sleep because of the sound of Lucifer and Lilith having sex in their sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, okay. Lucifer. There's like some, like, all right, there's like 30, or not like 30, like 15 side characters. There's 15 people total. And like the main group, you got like four or five main characters. And then you got like the rest, the muscle and stuff. Right. Lucifer. This guy, he's always angry and horny, and like that's all it is. Is like just that's his personality. Exactly. And Lilith drink, is, like, punch stuff, have sex. Yeah, and Lilith is like you know she's you know totally liberated and stuff, and she knows 
what she's doing and and like it's just like weird so like they're just going at it in the middle like a room full of people yep and Horace has to speak up because he's the only one that's gonna buck heads well he's he's in the bed right next to him how is he yeah well no (laughs) it's like long room right and yeah they're like two feet away from his bed everybody else on the other side of like this long they they could have gone to the other side of the room behind the crates but no right there next to taurus's bed they could have gone to another room in this bar which they could have this is but as we see as while this is going on rats are gathering at various places inside the building true that yeah now they do the creepy rat shot Eventually, Taurus just throws a boot at them and tells them they need to go. They need to leave. Go to another. No. Um, yeah. But the zipper sticks on the sleeping bag, and and Lucifer can't get it unstuck. Foreshadowing. That's, that's this is when we hear Lilith delivering lines with what sounds like a French Savannah, Georgia accent. Oh, she's been doing that the whole movie. She's yeah. been going. It's weird. She's weird. Well, Taurus is able to get the sleeping bag zipper undone and they leave and head to another part of the of the place. I think they head out to the bar, don't they? Yeah. Uh, also, the, like right now, like where that bed is or, or the bedroom or wherever their quarters is. Yeah. It's like a long room on the top of the bar. It's like on upstairs. Right. Where it's like, I don't know, it's like it's, it's weird because like there's up there's like an office and then like a long bedroom. And then downstairs is a bar that's like the street level. And then under the bar, the subterranean level, there's that's where like the there's a grow room and like all kinds of weird computer yeah. technology stuff. It takes so a little like, while to get down the geography of this place. Yeah, it's weird as hell. And that adds to like the dreamy atmosphere, but at the same time, this house is more confusing like than the Simpsons home, you know. I don't know exactly. where exactly down in the cellar, Noah is eating an orange when he hears a strange noise. He goes to investigate, and a rat has been watching him. He heads over to the water purifier and doesn't find anything, so he just eats his orange. We cut back to Lucifer and Lilith. They finish banging, and he's ready to go again, but she isn't, so he gets mad and stomps off. And she just zips up the sleeping bag and she's going to sleep. Bedtime. <laughs> Later. Yeah. Well, behind hey, the yeah. bar, Lucifer finds a full bottle of booze, 225-year-old booze. So he's going to go get good and drunk. But it's scotch. I have no idea. I don't know. All I know is he, he, he looks at it. He drinks one sip of it. It's like, oh, this is a good drink. Yeah, and... he chokes on it. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, and then he continues to like just guzzle it down after that first choky shot. Yep. We cut back to Noah in the cellar. He sees a rat inside the water purifier falling into the water tank. He starts throwing the rats out of the water, but they swarm him. Somebody just dumps a box of rats on top of his head. That happens a lot in this movie. There's like always these invisible guys just out of camera with a box of rats ready for whenever it's like one of those big plastic trash cans full of rats and and it i don't think they're fake rats either i think they had real rats that they were just dumping on people they yeah this is uh this is in italy so they didn't have that uh humane society and stuff and plus it's like or like eventually everybody got on board with that but like yeah there's a couple of like italian movies Uh, i know the original version version of uh Milo and Otis is not as family friendly as the American version is. Yeah. Like 
actually killing that cat in that movie a couple of times. But yeah, they 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 just they don't care about these rats. They'll just throw them like and right. they're like they don't care about like, these actors either because they'll just throw rats on them. Yeah, they're like on the second story of the bar throwing <laughs> buckets on these poor people and yeah. this poor rat because you see them twisting in the air when they're falling. They yeah. twist right. There's, they hit the ground and start running. Yeah, that, and they didn't not, have the budget for for robotic rats or CGI. Right. They did because later on there's a scene where they actually use robotic robotic rats. Well, that's true. <laughs> so they had like enough CG for like that one spot, but I, I wow. guess, I'm guessing because they want to spend a lot of money on shitload of rats. Yeah. Outside on the street, Lucifer's found a payphone. He's drunk enough to know how to use a phone, but too drunk to know why it doesn't work. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, he, he asked the phone, "Why aren't you ringing?" And then he picks it up and, "Hello, is there anybody there?" It's like the same thing about kids today. Welcome to a payphone. Like if they actually found one, right? It's like I don't know how this works. What's a calling card? I don't know what is this. I got a cell phone. I don't need this. How do you get the it's contacts totally... to pull up on this? Yeah, he's like totally perplexed. <laughs> but like, he starts messing around with it. Clerky. Yeah, and then he hears rats swarming outside. We get a shot of everybody asleep inside, but Myrna wakes up because she thinks she heard something. Outside, Lucifer, I'm going to say he drops his bottle, but he really kind of throws his bottle down a manhole. Yeah. I don't know if that's overacting or if he's like angry. Well, he's probably angry, but that's probably, yeah, spot on. Yeah. So he tries to drunkenly recover his, his bottle. He wants to reach down in this manhole. Now it's a good or seven feet down there. So he's just going to hang over the edge and try to get it. That doesn't work. So he's kind of <laughs> suspended uh, his legs sticking up out of the hole, his arms down in the hole, hanging onto a ladder. So he's kind of stretched across it. <laughs> if this is a believable drunk scene, Honestly, uh, I can. I, we, I think we've both seen people do stuff very similar to this. Oh man, I've probably this, done some. This. <laughs> this is a pretty believable drunk. But as he's as he's trying to figure out how to get his bottle back without actually climbing down there and getting the bottle, rats start to fall on. He, he complains that they're tickling him, and, and then a whole bunch of rats get dumped. Some guy with a bucket just blop. Yeah. Have your rats. And he very carefully lowers himself to the bottom of this manhole at that point. Yeah. Meanwhile, a rat has found Lilith in her sleeping bag. Oh, man. This is a disturbing scene because you see the rat chewing through the bag and see him go into the bag. That's when Lilith wakes up and then you hear chomping inside the bag and Lilith starts screaming. Well, you knew that was going to happen when she sold herself. Uh, I didn't say sold herself. Yeah, she tried to get out of the sleeping bag, but that zipper sticks if, you, if you're if you not patient with it, and she's panicked. She's definitely not going to be patient. Yeah, so she's pretty much in there, nude as the day she was born, with a safety bag, or with a sleeping bag that they already, you know, like, deemed as, like, you know, kind of faulty. And, yeah, like, when, when she went to sleep, and what's her name, or what's his name, went in there to get drunk, you know? Yeah. You knew, like, well, those are going to be a rat in the sleeping bag. So like, yeah, yeah, they, they made right. a big show of houses. So when she zipped herself up in that, you knew right then, you know, you're going to die in this sleeping bag. Yeah, because the rat's in the sleeping bag and you can't get out. And I'm sorry, lady. Yep. 
Also, when the rat gets into the bag, you know, eats in the bag, it goes back to her face, and she does this really goofy, like, wide open eye look at it. Like, oh my god. Oh yeah. That's what she starts breaking. It is so funny. Like it's supposed to be scary and shit, but her wide eyed look right into the camera, right when the rat gets into the bag, probably yep. like I mean, the, she sells she sells what does supposed to be happening in that sleeping bag really well. Yeah, oh no, like after that one initial look into the camera, screaming and and struggling and stuff, but the, like that one goofy look into the camera. And I think right before it cuts to the other people, she screams and it does the same zoom in look on her face. It makes it cartoony. Like, yeah, she was selling it to a point, but like, I don't know that camera work or the editing kind of like fucked it up and it makes it comic, you know, and that's, that's this whole movie's problem. The, the actors are, I mean, what they're given, they're doing a good job, but it's all in the editing and the camera work. It makes it right. like fall flat because it makes it silly, but that's, yep. that's like the charm with a good movie, like, or a good, bad movie. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it zooms in on her face and you get that wide eyed look, I lost my. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lilith's scream wakes up the rest of the crew and they run down to find out what happened. In the bar, the rats have returned uh, to the freezer. The freezer's full of rats again and they find Lilith dead. They assume Lucifer must have killed her. Yeah, um, oh, they unzip the sleeping bag and there's not a mark on her. So he had to have strangled her. Yeah. And then we get probably the most disturbing piece of body horror <laughs> oh, in God, this movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because they're sitting here looking at uh, mourning the loss of their friend. And then her mouth starts to open. Somebody yeah. says she's trying to speak. And then That's a rat, the huh? I think it was chocolate. I think it was. And then a rat starts coming out of her mouth. Ow, this yes. rat chewed through something that's below her belly button because that's as far down as we can see and ate his way all the way up to come out of her mouth. Yeah. And then it cuts. And, and it's like, like I said, there's like 15 extra people in this group. It cuts to every one of their faces. Every time it cuts to a chick's face, they scream. Yes. And every time it cuts to a guy's face, they like look suddenly into the camera and shake their head. It is so fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, what's his name? And he's covered in rat. Yeah. One of the I don't the guy that was down in the uh the Right. We see Noah come upstairs. Yeah. After everybody's screaming. Noah comes up from downstairs and he is being eaten alive by rats. So Kurt just decides to light him up with the flamethrower. Hell yeah. And, and he goes crashing through a window, falls out onto the sidewalk, and then the thrashing on the sidewalk just killed me. That too. It's like he's like, all right, I'm in my Because he's bouncing I'm like two feet off of that sidewalk. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> where they made him covered in rat. This, yeah. and this is, you're going to laugh at this, uh, whoever's watching this or whoever's listening to this. When they cover in rat, they made like a little rat, like where it's like looks like he's covering rats, and he, yeah, he covered in like a flame <laughs> retardant stuff. But it makes him look like a teddy bear. So by it the time does. fire, it looks like a teddy bear on fire, running out of one, jumping out a window, and then flailing on the the sidewalk. It's funny yeah, the flame shit. suit's got a big helmet on it, which makes it yeah. look very cartoon. And then they put rats on the helmet, so it makes it look like ears. It's, yeah, it's weird as shit. You got to see this. <laughs> Uh, Taurus announces that, um, wait, I jumped ahead. Um, 
Outside, they hear more rats, and Duke starts shouting challenges at him. Come out here and face me like a man. <laughs> that sounds like something Duke would say. That Duke guy, man. All right, so he, he's like kind of, I'm, I'm going to go into like, he's gunning for position, Kurt. He don't he like is. Kurt. And he, he even, like, Kurt like looks like cool Fonzie guy with like, you know, like a red bandana, leather jacket. Yeah. And Kurt's pompous ass is up in here like with like a general's jacket on with like regalia and buttons and like little uh right. what do you call them umlauts on the sleeves and crap and so I he's mean, like he, if you had if you needed somebody to take care of a job that was kind of a shit job but it needed to be done well you'd send duke to do it if yeah. you needed somebody to negotiate you needed a a wheeler dealer you get kurt to do it oh yeah but you know, like at the same time we sent Kurt on his like mission or whatever, he would be boasting about it the entire time. The entire time, yeah. Kurt Kurt would just want to get the shit done and over with. Didn't even really want to do the shit in the first place. So yeah, so Duke gets his shotgun again and just starts shooting it. Then windows and buildings around. Yeah. Come on out here, show yourself. Rats, you know, it's like Yeah, exactly. Do? You already shot off all your shells. I thought this folks also that's another thing that pissed me off about this movie. They treat ammunition like, you know, there's a never-ending supply. There's when they, a never-ending uh, supply of ammunition. Or gasoline. Guns, but when they do, it's like just blam, blam, blam. They're shooting it off in the air. Yep. I mean, what the hell? Well, eventually they get tired of this and they're going to go look for Lucifer. They head down into the basement uh, where the greenhouse was. <clears throat> they... <clears throat> They come up to a door and Kurt says it sounds like there's somebody inside. He opens up the door. We don't see anything in there, just a red lit room. There's a red light in, but you hear this noise that sounds like an explosion. And he slams the door shut again and says the room was filled with rats. <laughs> I love that. It's like one of those, uh, uh, those old timey tricks where like, uh, you don't, really see it on the screen but they imply it in your head and your imagination right. will way make it way worse than what it is right so I'm like you know gremlins but with rats like they're just like partying there swinging from a ceiling fan and shit but yeah, yeah it, the room's totally full of rats do not go in this room yeah don't go in that room well Myrna has for some reason gone completely hysterical now uh, she runs into the room where they found the dead body in the swivel chair. The body and the chair are gone now. So she just walks over to the wall and sits down on the floor and starts screaming and kicking the Like I said, that chick is totally useless. Yeah. I mean, and this is more of that overacting that just doesn't make any sense why she's overacting. I think... Like, cause that feels like a second unit thing, and that's probably what they gave Claudio to direct was like second right. unit. Like anything where there's a lot of script in Bruno Mattei, it's got that feel to it. Even though the dialogue's all weird, though, dude wrote it. Yeah, uh, it has that. It's, it's it's still at least you know it follows action, it follows the rhythm. But when yeah, those scenes where like Claudio takes over as director, it's really dreamy and like shit happens for no reason. Right, like no motivation. Well, the gang all head outside because they are going to leave the city. <laughs> Deus found Lucifer outside. He, he takes everybody over to this open manhole where the rats have killed Lucifer. The rats are still down there eating him. So Kurt just lights him up with the flamethrower. Like you do. 
Horace announces that the rats have chewed through their tires, so they can't leave anyway. Damn. Yeah. Oh, man. And they go to the tires or whatever. They go to the bike to check. It's like they don't believe them. So they go to the, the bike the to check the tires. Yeah. They look like they're melted. They don't even look like they're eating. It's fucking weird. It's like just they got ratty tires on their Yeah, their it just car. looks like blown out tires. Also, they have like uh, in their convoy, they have two trucks. Right. Why not they pile everybody them. in one of them and leave? Yeah, I know, right? It's like, yeah, the, the front tires on our bikes are we're not nowhere without the bikes. Like, dude, yeah, had, exactly. Like, a van with bulletproof armor and an, another truck that the chicks drove. Yep. Come on, get a left. Yeah. <laughs> I love your bike, but come on. Man. Well, Duke uses this as an opportunity for a power play to take over as leader. Kurt is willing to duel, you know, shotgun versus flamethrower, but. Chocolate tries to talk him out of it, and eventually Duke just backs down because he's a chicken. Also, it's weird when Duke challenges Kurt. They do some weird handshake thing, and it, they yeah. start like it, they looking in each other's eyes and stuff. And like the uh, video is like, "Oh man, what are you doing?" Like back, like ah, it's like it's totally like weird ass anime like kind of dialogue. But it, it got like real serious, and then like they totally forgot about the rat in that second, you know? Right. Well, Kurt tells them they're going to search for material to board up the windows and doors since they can't leave. Inside, Myrna is carrying a stack of very short boards and just singing to herself quietly, looking off into space. When she happens to look at these boards that she's been given, she sees a tarantula crawling across them and she has dreaming again. Yeah. And like you said, this this seemed like a 70s film because Kurt does what most men do to stop a woman from screaming in the 70s. He slaps her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that works all the way up until the 90s. From like the 90s backward, every Italian movie is like at least 10 years behind. Yeah, yeah. And And so like in the 1970s, in in at least movies and, and television. If a woman starts screaming, you slap her. If a woman is upset that you've done something horrible, you just grab her by the shoulders and shake her and she'll stop. Yeah. Please stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not condoning this. It's a terrible thing. Nobody should do it, but I'm just explaining. Yeah. This is, this is what they thought cured that or something. (laughs) It's not right, but that's what he did. Yes. Well, after they board things up, they start trying to figure out why the rats killed the other. Deus explains that before scientists destroyed the worlds, rats lived underground. and In the sewers? In the sewers, where the people live now. Yeah, they brought that up. And he's like, you mean rats lived in the sewers? Yeah, they did. And and the guy can't believe that. And I'm like, I read it in a book. Yeah, I read it. Book, yeah, <laughs> that guy too. That guy, I don't know, but uh, he's like a bald guy. That's Deus. Okay, he he's not exactly bald. It's a guy with a mohawk who was balding before he had the mohawk. He's he's like a <laughs> he's got the little Hari Krishna top knot. Yeah, no, because if you look him from the side, it's like just like the the it's a mohawk starting from like midway of his head. So it's like a half Hari Krishna thing. Half kind of, rock. yeah. And somebody and, drew a triangle on his forehead with eyeliner. Yeah. So, you know, he's the spiritual guy. He's the monk or whatever in the group. But at the same time, it's like, man, what's up with that haircut? Yeah. 
Well, he says that rats could tell the difference between different types of rats and they would kill and eat the intruders. Also says they could tell them apart by the smell of their urine. Duke uses this opportunity to actually make a pretty good joke. Since you've all peed your pants, I guess the rats know all of you now. Yeah, Duke with his biting sarcasm. His one redeeming line. Yeah. Well, Taurus proclaims that this place is now theirs and they will fight to keep it. That's when the rats attack through a window that they forgot to board up. And and this is, again, somebody outside just dumping a box of rats in the window. A couple boxes. Duke is just shooting through the window to chase the rats off, I guess. But not before they attack Diana. And they tear her up pretty good. They got her face pretty bit up. They carry her over to a bed and they're going to wash her wounds so that they don't get infected. But somebody forgot to bring water. It's a hard thing to find in a pocket of water. Well, they've got a water purifier in the cellar. It's full of rats. Well, they don't know that yet. They haven't been down there. You're right. You're right. I'm going ahead. Yeah, so Kurt's going to lead a group of the men to go get water, leaving Duke behind with the girls. And while he's gone, Duke tries to take charge again. Like he's, like he's going through. I mean, it's that guy. He's always yeah. like, Ooh, this is it. I'm going to be the man. He calls Myrna over to him and explains to her that he is the only one that protects her. She stays with him. He'll keep her. Meanwhile, downstairs, the guys are trapped by the rats. They've gone downstairs. They found the water purifier full of rats. And as they turn to go back upstairs, the stairs are covered with rats. And wouldn't (laughs) you know it, this is when the flamethrower breaks down. Kurt was going to use the flamethrower to burn out all the rats, never mind the fact that they're on wooden stairs, and then how are you going to get back up? Not going to worry about that. But the flamethrower breaks down anyway, and it's just spraying fuel on the floor, and it's not lighting. Yeah, it was the worst 99.9% of the time. Yes. Well, they're going to use fire to keep the rats at bay. They take Taurus's club. Taurus had a wicked club with spikes all around. They wrap a rag around it and then wipe up some of the fuel that sprayed out of the flamethrower to make a rat, uh, a, a torch. They still have working Bic lighter. Hey, man, those things work. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. Uh, yeah. When the apocalypse happens, and I don't know if it will or whatever, you know, I'm not that guy. But if it does, yeah, like have a bunch of Bic lighters, and, you know, water. Yeah. A bunch of crappy moves so you don't go insane. But yeah, Bic lighters. I think about them. Bic lighters, the survival tool of the apocalypse. Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg are not wrong. <laughs> Well, they use this torch to keep the rats back while they head upstairs. They head up the stairs, reciting a list of rat-borne diseases. Oh, yeah. This, okay, I'm pretty sure. That's, a that's of Deus again. That's that's the nerd boy. Yeah. He, well, no, he's like some kind of, I guess he's like their living Bible or something. Yeah. Like he's he's like someone that was like, it's kind of like Dune. Like everybody has he's like. He's just uh, like some kind of super smart mystic. Yeah, he's like a Jesuit witch or something he has all the answers because they know all the questions it's like yeah come on man how bullshit are you because on, on when he's giving that list of diseases that uh, two of them i'm pretty sure aren't even like related to rats at all 
Yeah, I think he said they can ch- they can cause hepatitis. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's like, well, uh, what did you eat the rat or fuck it? I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like, what the hell? Why are you apologizing for your language on this podcast? I, I, I don't, don't want to. <laughs> I'm pretty expensive, so yeah. Hey, but yeah, they're listening. They know. Yeah, everybody knows that you you use yeah. profanity like it's salt, and that's you know that's just you. It's the spice of life, baby. <laughs> Well, as they're heading up the stairs, a rat attacks Taurus and he falls down the stairs, which causes Kurt to exclaim after Taurus has fallen down the stairs, Taurus, don't fall. Yeah. This thing is like that, just that. Just take a shot every time you hear someone say something stupid. You'll be drunk (laughs) first. We're like 45 minutes in. Well, I mean, the rats got Taurus, so the the rest of the guys just abandon him. They head back up. They get to the door, but Duke and Myrna have boarded up the door from the inside, and they won't let them back in. Oh, this is, oh, yeah. Meanwhile, an army of toy rats are heading up toward Kurt, and this was the strangest thing ever because you just see a bunch of rat heads, and occasionally one would pop up. It was bizarre. That's the robots. What they did is they have like a bunch of little metal rat, like, uh, what do you call them? Silhouettes. Yeah. And they're, they're like, it's like they're on these poles and they go up and down. It's kind of like those toy horses that you see at the fair, you know? Yeah. Balls into the thing to make it go fast. It's pretty much that. It's a bunch of rats doing that. So yeah, yeah, they did have budget for robot rats, but they only (laughs) use this one scene. Yeah. And, it, and it's like it, they use it like twice. They cut to it like two or three times. But it's totally B-roll, but it's 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 really it, it works. Yeah, because looks like uh the uh what is it the what's that one scene in Lion uh, Lion King like the stampede scene where like Mufasa yes. dies. Yep, is that scene but with rats? So <laughs> it's like the smaller scale, <laughs> but it's still creepy. Like uh, army of rats coming at you down a hallway, and they're just like. Dun, 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 and I like dun, yep. dun, 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 and it's like oh my god. Well, yeah. Kurt tries to hold the rats off with the torch while the others beg Duke to let him in. Inside the room, Duke's explaining that he's the leader now and he wants the women for himself. Typical Duke move. I mean, this guy looks swarmy as hell. Yep. And that you knew like as soon as you see him, that's what he's gonna Yeah, exactly. Chocolate takes advantage of Myrna's ability to scream and tells her there's a rat right behind her. She she starts screaming and she Yo, falls Duke, into Duke. Knocked, oh my gosh, she knocks him over. She's like, look behind you. Like she immediately starts screaming, like waving her arm. Yeah. It, it totally catches Duke off guard. Like, oh, it's so and, funny. Which allows Chocolate to get the drop on Duke and she threatens to shoot him if he doesn't let the others in. And they make it in just in time. Yeah, they threw the torch, and right then the door opened, and they ran. Yeah, because they they they've been fighting that shit off until like the torch is down to a nub. He threw it at a pile of rats, and then all of a sudden the door pops up at, at that second, and they yep. just they go into it. Well, Duke is ready to kill, or Kurt is ready to kill Duke, and at this point, I'm ready to kill. Duke. Oh yeah, he had a shotgun to his neck. He's about to take him out. This is bullshit. Yeah, man. but got, Myrna like, begs begs Kurt not to kill him. Um. He he only did it to protect her. Uh, so he just kicks Duke in the balls. 
He's like a computer. He gets fixed when he's kicking the ball. Yes. Video wants to try to rescue Taurus. Diana has a fever. And Kurt plans to escape after dawn. But Deus says the rats are not going to let him leave. Outside the room, they hear a man screaming. And it sounds like Taurus. Apparently, they've heard Taurus scream before. <laughs> All the guys except Duke go to investigate. And there are rats everywhere. So they head oh. back inside. It's an immediate nope situation. Yeah, totally. They totally noped on that one. If that was Taurus, it's too late. Yeah. No, no that wasn't Taurus. We didn't hear nothing. Uh, we're just going to weigh out tonight in this room. Yeah. Well, Kurt has decided he's had enough of these rats and he's going to call their bluff. I don't think the rats are bluffing, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> They've killed enough of you. I don't think they're bluffing. He's going to go out alone. When video says they'll come with him, Kurt decides, all right, everybody's going, and they're going to leave Diana there delirious in the bed. Yeah. Outside the room, the rats appear to be ignoring them now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they were the rats were trying to kill them just minutes ago, well, but now they're, they're ignoring them. Them rats are organized. I don't, these guys, they ain't really seen the, in the shadows and stuff. These guys are actually, they're kind of working the defenses. They know what's going on. They're seeing what they can get away with. There is and, a kind like, of half-white rat that appears to be their leader. The one where they keep on shining the lights on him, the pink eyes. Yes. And, they, he's, and got, they, he's his front half is kind of a gray-white, and his back half is dark. And he appears to be the leader of the bunch of rats. Yeah, he's shown earlier in the movie a couple of times, like when he's like on the bar or on the uh, stairwell. But now it's like, he's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Ben thing where he's making his presence known. It's like, I'm the general. Yeah, yeah. Well, the gang takes turns. They're tiptoeing through this rats, uh, a group of rats like this. I had looked this up. So I, I know you've heard of a gaggle of geese, a murder oh, of crows. A bunch of rats is called a mischief. Of course. So they are tiptoeing through a, a mischief of rats. Mischief, man. Yeah. Well, the rats are ignoring them. They're tiptoeing through this mischief of rats. The scene tries to build tension by repeatedly showing nothing bad happen, and it That's works. The whole movie. That's the whole movie, though. It's like it keeps on trying to build tension, but it's too silly. Yeah, That's but I mean, in the, in this particular case, it actually works because it's not like they're trying to build tension by showing something dramatic that's being overacted, so it's silly. Yeah. They're showing nothing bad happening. You expect the rats to attack them, and they well, never do. And you just left there waiting for that shoe to drop, and that actually worked. Yeah, they keep on showing the rats, and then they show the sick girl in bed, and they show the rats, and they show yep. the guy, and it shows the rats, and it shows the girl in the bed, shows the rats. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's done, done. Um, it's like yeah, what's going on exactly and you just left waiting for that shoe to drop by the time they all get across you're you're on the edge of your seat already video makes it across unscathed they didn't even nibble at his boots so the war is over yay inside the room diana gets up out of bed and she comes to join him oh no 
outside the room, Deus and the women all cross together because this is in way too. It is. Yeah, they're dragging them real quick. Yeah, it's like them. So they sent Myrna and Chocolate and Diana all across with Deus. Um, Duke is going to go with them, but Kurt says, no, 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 no. You're going to wait. I'll tell you. Kurt trying to reestablish his dominance. Yeah, fuck Kurt. They guys fuck. <laughs> after the wind make after the women make it across. I, 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 I get Kurt mixed up with the guy. What Duke? Duke. Yeah. yeah. Duke. Suck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after the women make it across, Kurt lets Duke go, tells him to say his prayers and say them fast. Like something bad is going to happen to Duke. But there's no payoff here. Yeah, no. Nah. Now it's Kurt's time. Dirk Dirk. God. <laughs> I'm losing it with the names here. Duke predicts that this will be the fall of their leader. So something bad is going to happen to Kurt, maybe? Again, no payoff. Mm-mm. Build intention, baby. Yep. Well, as they head off, Duke grabs Myrna and tells her they're going to make an escape on their own. Uh, so the rest of the gang is headed one direction. Duke and Myrna head another direction. Back in the bar. They have found Taurus. He's standing there in the bar. And we hear the building rat noise again. And Kurt reaches out and he grabs Taurus by the shoulder and turns him around. And rats have eaten his face off. He's dead. He falls to the floor and we get another piece of body horror here. Pretty good one, too. I like this one. He starts swelling up. All right. Yeah. So he starts swelling up. And then his jacket splits open and rats explode oh. out of his back. All right, yeah. So if, if it's not clear now, these rats are actually getting inside these people's brains and driving around kind of like Ratatouille style. Yeah. What you have is zombie driven by rats. Yep. To do the rat bidding. Exactly. So it is exactly a, a zombie movie rat. Ratatouille style. Rats are pulling on your brainstem and like controlling your body with like the teeny tiny mouse controls inside your brain. Yeah, exactly. They just bitten. stick yeah. there. They just uh, chew the top of your head open and muck around your brain. They stood Taurus up and walked him up the stairs across the room. And uh, yeah, and then he just swells up like a like a, a water balloon and boom and rats boom. spray rats. out all over everybody. Taurus was a walking rat bomb. So yeah, we I, I understand what you say about body art, so that's why it's like a zombie movie with rats, and that's what they do. It's like right. they build a body full of rats, rock it around like a zombie, yep. and then explode that sucker when you're not expecting it. Well, they hear one of their trucks trying to start up, and they run to the window. Duke has made it outside, and he and Myrna are are trying to get one of the trucks started because so the wheels can. No, oh, wait, they're trying to get stuck. Truck started because the wheels are still great. Like I yep. said before, if they had just abandoned the bike, gotten the truck, that'd have been great. <laughs> but they didn't do that, and so here we are. No one, yeah, no one listens to me. I was like, I was like, oh well, the bikes are good, but the trucks are still good. Nah, shut up, Jesse. You don't know what you're talking about. Go back. There. I was like, Yo, listen to video. Listen to me. Well, as they head to the window, Duke opens fire on them. Don't They're going to make their escape. Him and Myrna. Oh, and Duke has a grenade, too. And if you don't throw down your weapons and let us drive away, I'm blow us both up. You and the chick? The one yep. that's like the one that betrayed me, that chick, you, y'all are going to blow each other up? 
Yeah, I, that sounds like a plan to me. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. It. Yeah, yeah. Just just electric. step away from the truck and do. But I'm I'm saying like they could like they have to. Like, yeah, come on. Kurt agrees to let Duke leave, but he wants him to leave Myrna behind. I don't. I would have just let him leave. Yeah, do it. Well, rats attack Duke, and we see that the entire bed of this armored pickup truck is just full of rats. So Duke does the only thing that makes any sense at all. He pulls the pin on this grenade and tosses it into this pile of rats, blowing up the rats, the truck, himself, and Myrna. Yeah. All right. So I got some, I got some gripes. I know it's like <laughs> Duke did the greater thing or whatever, but Duke's an ass. He held them captive pretty much. Yeah. Every time they were trying to escape, he held them back. He did some kind of thing for a power move. And then, like, yeah, he, like, sacrificed himself at the end, but at the, at the same time, like, he was against the group the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, as soon as, like, the, like, whatever, they found out the rats are killing people and stuff, they were like, da-da-da-da. He's been working against the group. And so, like, this last-ditch last effort to save the group was more like a last-ditch effort to save himself, but at the same time, he got too deep, and, like, yeah, he was in a tank full of rats. Well, as the gang watches out the window at this explosion, Diana stumbles back through the bar. The gang run off to find her, and she's just wandering through this building now. Mm. Kurt stumbles over Lilith's corpse in the computer room. She was in the bar earlier. Yeah. Is this zombie Lilith walking around now? Well, Diana's made it back to the room where they found that corpse in the chair, the one where Myrna had her kicking, screaming tantrum. They use this That's spot a lot. It's, I guess it's a good spot to, to shoot just because it's got a lot of room. Well, it's got that, that uh, desk right there by the window, and it's got that spinny chair, or not even a desk. It's just like a spinny chair in front of a window. Yeah. It's got that kind of like that window face where it's like a nice view. And yeah. so like, and then once you get in there, it's wide room. But yeah, it's a, they use that like a bunch of that, the bar, the uh, what you may call it, the uh, the grow room. They use those three yeah. commonly throughout the room. Yeah. Probably because it's the biggest in the place. Well, Diana sits down on the floor in this spot. She is um, shouting challenges at rats. And so they start pouring out of the walls into the room. She's hey, had hey. enough. She's ready to give up. She said she wants to die. But she wants to be the one to do it. She doesn't want to be. And so she grabs a piece of broken glass and cuts her wrist as everybody else is searching through the building to find her. Kurt finds Diane. He's dead now, and the rats are eating her corpse. So he shoots the rats with the shotgun. And when they hear the shots, Video, Chocolate, and Deus all come running. Deus examines the body and sees the slashed wrists, and then he sees the gunshot wound. So he wants to know, why did Kurt shoot her? Why'd you shoot her? You could have saved her. But she was already dead, Kurt says. And Deus goes, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just explains that he was shooting at the rats. I was like, yeah, right. You're shooting at the rats. I bet. <laughs> Well, they hear a loud banging, and then rats start pouring through an opening in the wall, kind of like a laundry chute. Yeah. And they head back into the computer room. Chocolate freaks out when she sees Lilith's corpse in there. Deus thinks the rats moved her here as a message. So 
Kurt and Deus carry the corpse out into the hallway and they close the door. I love that. It's like uh, it's all of a sudden like assault on precinct 13. Yep. Like, you know, gang members do the thing. It's like, yeah, it's like the, the, the rats are declaring war on it. They left this chick here as like uh, the de- declaration of war. Yeah, well, this is all going to become pretty plausible real quick. Yes, because Chocolate found something that video thinks might be a magic lantern. But as they're playing with it, a voice starts coming out. It's a recording. It was recorded on the 12th day of Operation Return to Light. I love this uh, cliche they use and they use it in horror video or they use it in video games anyway. It's wherever something happened, you found volumes and volumes of audio law and they do yeah. this in fall all the time you, you get all the tapes to, to hear the story yeah and they're actually doing it <laughs> it's like yes the deck they are with, yeah videotape play the log let's do this well they're waiting to be rescued because their mission is a failure norway rats caused the failure of the mission and we get an explanation of of the rats. You know, the rats lived in the sewers before the war, and then the war happened, and people took refuge in the sewers and tunnels underground where the rats were living. Then the rats disappeared. Now, whether the people killed the rats or the rats got chased off isn't explained. They thought the rats had left. Well, the rats had all gone up to the surface, and the radiation caused a mutation that made them super intelligent. Oh, my God. Yeah. It turns out these rats are organized. Maybe they did move that body in here as a message that even I mean, in here, we're going to get you. Those rats are organized. They are very organized. As long as they were wearing their protective gear. The humans on the surface were safe from the rats. That protective gear would have been covering their smell. But when they took it off because they didn't need to be protected from radiation anymore, that's when the rats started hunting the people. Well, the guy on the recording says they're heading to, he's heading to the doomed Delta II computer center. He says the control room is the only place that they can be safe. The rats kill anyone who isn't the same race as them. Remember that the rats hunt human beings for food. Oh, my God. Only hope is if the Omega team reaches them and poisons the rats. Okay, so there's an Omega team. Okay, that's that's all I need to know. I need uh, Omega team to come and poison the rats because they eat us as food. Yep. And there is hope. There is hope. Nice. Deus thinks the people left the underground tunnels to escape their destiny. He thinks there's more to this story. A little foreshadowing here. Not enough to give any away. No real spoilers. But he thinks the people left the underground tunnels to escape something. And then he reaches out very dramatically and grabs Kurt by his shoulder. (laughs) Kurt. Kurt says they're caught between men underground and rats above ground. He doesn't think that they can be saved either way. Right, yeah. I like Kurt. Well, the rats start to pile up against the door to the computer room. They're trying to break it down. Kurt tells Video and Chocolate to barricade themselves at the back of the room while he and Deus try to hold the door shut. 
And outside, we see men in hazmat suits crawl out of a manhole. They just pop. Yeah, they just pop right up out of there and they're spraying smoke all over the city. Yeah, it's clear. They got the the gear. You got like a couple guys in the back, like just like with scanners. And you got a couple guys with like those uh, spray thingies. Yeah. And they're in full hat gear. And you're like, oh man, Delta Squad. All right. Coming, yeah, I, these are probably the same little smoke things they use to make the flashlight beams show up when they're in a dark room. I don't know, but yeah, they're just spraying smoke all over the place. It's like a weed eater and a smoke machine put together. <laughs> like, like a contamination. It doesn't look like a contamination like device. It just looks like a weed eater hooked up to a smoke machine. Yeah, yeah. We keep cutting back and forth between these guys in their decontamination suits and the control room. Sometimes there are rats falling on top of Kurt, and other times it's gravel. I'm not sure what that's all about. Maybe the rats are breaking the wall down around the door. I, I, yeah. I don't know. But uh, that, that shot's really weird because it goes to candy. Or not chocolate, I, I think. Yeah. It goes to there's sh- and then she's screaming. And then it goes to them. They're shaking. Yep. It goes back to her. And it's like just that and that. And then like every once in a while, you see dust and stuff fall. Like everything's shaking. Yep. Well, the rats finally break the door down, trapping Kurt under it. Another rat-filled corpse falls on top of Deus. I think you were absolutely dead on about the, the zombie, the rat-powered zombies. Because oh, no, this... yeah. earlier, that girl, the way she was walking, uh, about like a couple minutes back, I forget what which girl? Because there's Diana. You know, yeah, she's walking really weirdly. Well, remember, she still has a fever from all those rat bites early. Is is it a fever, or is she got a rat in her head, like driving around like a stolen car? Because it's like, yeah. like she's like, like she doesn't know each step, you know. But that's at the same possible. Time, yeah, it was weird. That the whole the whole movie's weird. Yep. Sorry. Well, this zombie filled corpse falls on top of Deus, and he just. Pops the head off of it, and oh, man. rats start pouring out of its neck and crawling out of its mouth. Yeah, that that uh, I don't know that effect. Those makeup guys. Yeah, anytime anything like a rat comes out of someone's stomach or mouth, yeah, movie, they 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 know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, now the um, Kurt gets out from under the door, and the rats start attacking him, and they eventually kill Kurt. Also, well, now the rats are coming after Video and Chocolate. And these guys in the hazmat suit, the exterminators, maybe, maybe it's the Omega team. It's they, Omega team, right? They have they're entered the building. Oh, they, they're in the building now. They're in the building. But the rats are coming after Chocolate and Video. Chocolate wants Video to kill her so the rats won't eat her alive. Oh, man. And he that, won't do it. He won't do it. She's like, she, no, that, okay, that thing, I had laughed my ass. All right, I'm going to stop. All right, so like, it's. She watches her two, or the leader of her gang, and the the uh, the religious guy. That's what the thing is. It's the leader and the religious guy yep. both get by rats. And she's like, "I don't want to die like this." Yeah, I'm like, "No shit, lady, you don't." <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's horrible. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, it, "No, if it happens, like, do it, do me like this." And she just grabs a knife or a bayonet and she puts it to her throat to video and yep. video. He's a gutless coward. He's a video guy. He's a nerd. So it's like because he's also sweet on chocolate. He is. He has been for the whole movie. You know, 
they're gonna get pregnant maybe uh, yeah. and, and like it is is it's so funny like she just kind of like i don't want to die like this she stops it like it kind of takes you out of the moment but i just love that actress for delivery yeah she so really he's told, got okay. he's got like a spear or something and she pulls the point of it under her under her chin and, yeah, and band. he wants he wants she wants video to, to kill her so the rats won't eat her alive he won't do it a rat jumps at chocolate and he pulls spear away and skewers the rat like all the way through mouth to tail like natural morning like just totally like flitches and like bam you got a rat on the end of the thing it's like <laughs> it hell. a video realizes it's her eyes it's like covering her eyes for that. right like at those stupid gloves she's like oh no not rats <laughs> he's like just stabs the rat yep well the omega team is gassing all of the rats in the building um, back in the control room the rats have left for some reason probably because of the gas and the gas starts to fill the control room video realizes they're being rescued so they leave the control room but they're overcome by the gas and the Omega team find them and carry them outside. Video and Chocolate wake up and we've got the blurry, wavery, Dreamy, regaining smoky. conscious scene yeah. there. And they're surrounded by the Omega team in their hazmat suits and masks. And guns. Um, Chocolate asks them if they're the people that lived underground and they nod yes. Video says that they're glad to be found by friends. You're... You're, you're friends, right? We're the same race, right? And they nod again. And Chocolate says something about the Bible and God being the creator of animals yeah. and men. She's like all about like, uh, she's like, oh, man, yeah, you know about the Bible. We found it. We found this book and it, it tells you how to live. She's trying to like offer yeah. her what her, she has bring to the table. It's like, yeah, we know this and this. What do you know? You're obviously way more advanced than us. You got like hazmat, you know, you're killing the rats left and right. What have you got? Yeah, exactly. And that's when one of the guys pulls his mask off and reveals a rat face. The people oh underground have mutated into rat people. Okay. And chocolate screams, roll credit. All right. No, see, that reveal is like, like, because it, it comes off, it's like a, like a twilight zone or it's like a very twilight zone it, yeah it's like she says all this shit and then the rat takes the gas mask off or the person takes the gas mask off and it's just two eyes and a furry field and you're like you're like oh my god and you yeah. laugh and you're like <laughs> what the it fuck it is a very it is it could not possibly be a more fake looking mask but as soon as he starts to take the mask off Having never seen this movie, yeah. you've been given enough pieces to put together that at this point, you know, as soon as he starts to take that mask off, there's a rat under there. You know, it. rat. it's rat. Night of payroll. That's the name <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> payroll. They're 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 going for every thrill they can get. So, yep. of course, you're not rescued. You're you just marched into your death. No one survived. Video and chocolate is out. Kurt's out. No sequel. Out. No part Roll. two. Yeah, not, none of that. It's the end of the world. The yep. rats have taken over. The rats have taken over. God bless Bruno Mattei, man. <laughs> Gladio forgot it's burning hell, but Bruno Mattei, he, he knows a good thing. This movie has to be, aside from Manborg, 
some of the lowest production value that we've that we've covered year, on this yeah. podcast. Rupert Teague, yeah, it's, but there was still so much about it that was that was fun. That's what I'm saying. Like Man War, like this movie. It's like, yeah, okay, now everybody did a good job. Not everybody was great. No, no, there was, there was almost nobody in here that was great. I mean, no one's famous. What they did, video and chocolate were definitely enjoyable characters, but yes, sir. it was not great acting. And no, far from it. <laughs> the, the, the sincerity and the delivery makes it com- comedic enough where you can, like, all right, so this is a shit fest, but at least I'm going to get this comedic gold. Exactly. And it was a very disturbing movie. So even even if you set aside the bad acting and the bad directing, the this is a very very disturbing horror film. Yeah, no body horror. You no, know, like we glossed over. There's a lot of like weird ass effects that go into this movie. Yeah, and that's where you that's where you get the spaghetti and spaghetti horror is uh grossness there's like more blood more passion and more gore yep so it's like you're watching it for the bad line and please watch this movie i'm I, you know also if you don't believe me about claudio go watch the documentary uh greatest movie or the greatest worst movie or whatever the worst greatest movie ever told or whatever it's a documentary about troll 2 that'll that'll tell you about all about him and watch Bruno Mattei movies. Not even his horror movies. Like, he had some action movies. Uh, Taurus was in a movie. And uh, I forgot what it was. But it was, uh, it was a Bruno Mattei movie. It was like some... Uh, and it, this is weird. It was a redneck revenge movie. Okay. And and it, 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 I think it was called Super Gun or something like that. And it was about this guy going to, like, this redneck town. Get revenge on people that murdered uh-huh. And he had some, like, killer gun that had, like, a laser beam and, like, a grenade, grenade launcher on it. But it's the same guy that played Taurus. And uh, Bruno Tain made all those, uh, it was like weird ninja movies, but everybody's white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> it, like, what's going on? Why are these ninjas on this golf course? It's like, oh, it's a Bruno Tain movie. Well, I better watch this. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's like if you just, if you check your fucking belief or your like cynicism and shit at the door, if you check it at the door, you just go in like a blank slate. Yeah. You're going to have fun with this movie. And it's right. a shitty movie. It's, it's a slog fest, but like there's little gems that just like keep you trugging. Like you said, there are port parts of this movie that watching them is almost like a job. And yeah. then there's a payoff, though, because because there's something just completely retarded coming. Yeah. And you've got to lose your shit on it. I mean, <laughs> you no know, doubt. All right, man. Uh, I think that's a podcast. That was a good podcast. Dude. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.